Hi everybody, this is The Simpsons Show. I'm Robbie, with my co-host Matt, and we are here to talk about The Simpsons from the beginning. Matt, how are you? I'm fantastic. I can't wait to go back to a museum and just knock things over and see what happens. Uh, don't, uh, don't, don't do that. That's, unless it's one of those, like, kids' museums where they let you destroy things. <laughs> but then how will I know what cool things are music boxes that apparently no one has ever figured out in hundreds of years of study? <laughs> wait, Matt, what's not... We can't. We'll get. I. We're gonna get to that point in the episode, but I, we probably shouldn't look too hard. At, okay. We are brought to you by supporters on Patreon. You can support us by going to Patreon.com/slash The Simpsons Show for only two dollars a month. Gain access to all of our bonus content. Uh, appreciate everyone who supports us. We have someone new to thank, Matthew. Ooh, James Frank. Thank you, James. Thank you, James. On to this week's episode. It is Lost R. Lisa, episode 5 of 17, originally aired May 10th, 1998, written by Brian Scully, directed by Pete Michaels, finished 45th in the ratings, the Nielsen rating of 7.8, approximately 7.6 million viewing households. It was the fourth highest rated show on Fox that week, following The X-Files, Ally McBeal, and King of the Hill. Oh, Ally McBeal. Mm-hmm. Everyone seemed to love you, and no one could figure out why. I'm, I don't know. Uh, the chalkboard gag, I am not the new Dalai Lama. There was a, I know there was a King of the Hill about that, right? Was I have no there was idea. A King of the Hill There's a new King of the Hill episode where they they came to test Bobby and Khan Jr. about if they were the reincarnation of the Dalai Lama, right? I don't know. I could see Bobby being a, a Dalai Lama. Hey, well, that's the thing. I think they came to look at Khan Khan Jr. and then Bobby was the one who actually they're like, oh, maybe Bobby. Uh, whatever. Uh, we were just talking about King of the Hill. The couch gag. Nelson pulls the couch out from under the family, and Nelson laughs at them. Because, of course, it's what Nelson do. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's all right. Uh, episode begins with Barton Millhouse off from school. It's a... I, it says... They say teacher conference day. Does that mean teacher work day? That's kind of what I assume, because those are the only days we got off, and those were super rare. And it's... Is it Tuesday? It's That's tu- what they say. Yeah. It, usually it was a Monday or a Friday, so I don't know why they would have gone with a Tuesday, but, you know. It's Springfield. They don't, who knows? Springfield Elementary is not necessarily, we, we see that they do not necessarily have the best leadership all the time. But because it's a teacher conference day, things are a little strange. Hey, Bart, what's your favorite thing about teacher's conference day? Hmm. I guess that we don't have to go to school. Wow. Mine too. The world is completely different on a weekday morning. Banks are open. Old people are walking the streets with impunity. And look, Barney's not even drunk yet. Morning, boys. Can't stop to chat. Time is money. Morning, Barney. I I like that Homer's already at Moe's. Well, of course. I mean, he has to stop in on his way to work. Oh, you're assuming that he goes to work after? Or this is his break time. He has a 15-minute break in the middle of the morning, so he gets to uh, you know, go grab a beer. How far is the plant from Moe's? I mean, it's Springfield, so obviously it varies, but I'm going to say a good five-minute drive. Oh, drive. So he's drinking and driving to and from work? Just a couple of beers. It's totally okay. <laughs> well, well, we'll get to that episode, apparently. Uh, but uh, Bart and Milhouse stop at in at the the, the, the joke store, The which, how does that store stay in business? How does Hot Topic or Spencer's Gift stay in business? They are not selling the same thing that Hot Topic or Spencer's sells. No, but it's similar in things that are of extremely limited appeal. I mean, first, Matt, Hot Topic. I don't know if you, when's the last time you've been in a Hot Topic. No, I know they've changed quite a bit. I'm talking about like the 90s Hot Topic that had things that almost no one wanted. I mean, Matt, I don't, I, I don't, like, I knew a lot of people who pretty much in the 90s in, shopped exclusively at Hot Topic for clothes. It was a cool, like, the I, very idea of having a Hot Topic, when, I remember it was, I was in high school, which isn't quite the 90s, but it was near, it was early 2000s, and there was a Hot Topic, the first time a Hot Topic opened up in the mall, where, near where I lived, and it was a big deal. Wow. People are like, wow, right. a Hot Topic, or wow, a Spencer's. This is, like, it was, imp- it was like a new crazy, like, wow, we have one now. Remember things before the internet where you could just buy the thing that you want on the internet? That would where, that's like, awful. I mean, I, can you imagine just how did you do research on a product before you bought it? You 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 what you read Consumer Reports if you had a subscription? That was about all you could do. You went to you went to a store and asked the salesman. Yeah, because they're going to tell you the truth. 
<laughs> but uh, they go to the joke shop at uh, this this place, which I I don't. Maybe it was. Uh, I'm here. This is my explanation. It's a front for the the Springfield mob. They laundered money through it. They did. They did you know, I believe that. I that, believe that there there's a restaurant around here that we hope is a drug front because it's just so good and never seems to be busy. <laughs> I don't I don't think that's necessarily healthy to a healthy thing to think. Where you go, I hope they're laundering money so that it stays in business. Well, I hope they're doing something else because it doesn't seem like they are making enough money, but you know. Oh, well, just uh, buy every meal at, at there, Matt. You you help them out. Uh, sure, sure. Sure. So, Bart Equips himself with various facial accoutrements. Let's see, a, a toucan beak, a faucet, fake teeth. One thing I'm forgetting. What's the other thing? Fake teeth. Oh, uh, the uh, thing on his forehead, the, the faucet. No, I said that. There's one other thing, I think. Oh. I think he had a fourth thing that was like on a cheek. I don't remember. I don't scar, either. Maybe. maybe it was a scar. But at the same time, Lisa is wanting to go to the museum. To see the ISIS exhibit, which is a fake Egyptian <laughs> exhibit that they made up for this episode. And uh, it is the last day. And Lisa is very uh, excited because she gets to go stand in line and wait to see a thing. Ooh, love standing in line. It's very, I mean, it's Lisa. She's she's very excited about I can. That is the easiest sell in the world to me, that she's excited about standing in line to see an Egyptian artifact. Like, that makes perfect sense for me, for Lisa. Bart and Milhouse are trying to find a way to get those facial makeup gag things to stick on Bart's face. They go to Homer for glue. If you put dog dew on the suction cups, they'll stick better. Milhouse, I'm not going to take dog dew that's been on the dirty ground and put it on my face. I have a better idea. Hey, Dad, wake up. What? I'm awake. I'm awake. I'm a productive member of the team. You can't fire me. I quit. Please, I have a family. Relax, Dad. It's just me. I was wondering if you had any industrial strength adhesive I could use on my face. Well, let's see what we got in the old drawer. Aha! There's some glue. Hope this stuff holds. <laughs> That's some good glue right there. I wish I could find glue like that. Yeah, it's it, even, the, I don't know, I've never had glue so strong that it, although that is a, a unfortunately accurate portrayal of how glue, super glue, ends up be, like being stored, where you buy some glue and use it for that one thing that you bought the glue for, and then you put it somewhere, and then it it's, it gets stuck to the thing you put it to. It does, because super glue never lasts for more than one application. That's why I always buy the little ones and the little tubes. So you, each time you need it, you open up a new tube. Otherwise, that's just not going to work. Yeah, that's probably that's probably for the best. So glue, the Bart uses the the death glue, as we find out, to glue that stuff to his face. Uh, he shows up at the house just as they're about to leave to the Egyptian exhibit. They can't get the stuff off because it does in say in case of accidental ingestion, consult a mortician. Uh, I mean, super glue is not good for you. I don't think eating super glue is generally healthy. I don't know if it will kill you, but it probably isn't good. Yeah, it'll make you a little sick. I mean, it will stick to your insides, right? That's not good. You know, I don't know. Super glue generally requires pressure to stick to something, so I don't feel like it would stick to your insides. I don't like to even think about it, honestly. So, Barge is frightened for Bart and takes him to the doctor, to Dr. Hibbert, uh, and, I mean, tells Lisa, too bad, and you can't go to the museum, and no, you can't even take a bus to the museum. You're not... This would be unusual for other families. <laughs> yeah, she does say that. It's pretty good. Uh, and I... I guess she does have to prioritize her son. I mean, it's, it's glue in his face. He's not eating the glue. It's not... I would have you. I would have think Marge would try like a home remedy or something. That's true, but it also says consult a mortician. <laughs> I guess that's, it does have pretty serious consequences. So while uh, Bart is going to the doctor, Lisa wants to go to the museum. It's the last day, and frankly, I understand. You know, it's the last day. You know, you and this is they say this is the last time you'll ever see it outside of Britain, or I guess it would be 
even at the time the episode aired, Britain was returning most of these plundered relics back to their home countries. So you have to go to Egypt to see it, most likely. So it's not like they're going to go to Egypt until the have, they haven't gone to have, there is a Simpsons Egypt episode, Matt. I don't think there is, right? I don't believe so. No, thank goodness. I mean, have no fears. They have stories for years. But Marge is horrified <laughs> that Lisa would even think about taking a bus. And she says, uh, I believe she explicitly says, you can take a bus when you're old enough to drive, which you're not, that's not helpful, Marge. But lucky for Lisa, she has two parents and she uses the oldest trick in the book. You ask one parent if it, you can't, if you can do something, they say, no, you just go ask the other parent who's ignorant of, of all these preceding events. And lucky for Lisa, it's Homer she has to ask and has to con into trying to let her ride a bus. Hello? Dad? Who is this? It's Lisa. I just called to tell you how much I love you, and can I take the bus to the museum? Museum? Mm, I don't like the sound of that. What did your mother say? Um, I wasn't 100% clear on that. She said something, but she was kind of in a rush to get Bart to the emergency room. Hmm, so you want to take the bus, huh? I don't know, that's a pretty big decision. Well, if it would put your mind at ease, I could take a limousine. Although that would cost $200. $200? Oh, isn't there any other way? Hmm, I guess I could take the bus if you think that's a better idea. Frankly, I do. I know you had your heart set on a limo, but sometimes daddies have to say no, honey. I'm afraid you're going to have to take the bus. <sighs> All right. a girl, I love you. Yes! This is good at manipulation, at least involving Homer, because, you know, Homer's dumb. I mean, yeah, it's not – I don't need. I don't think you need, like, a master class in, in uh, um, manipulation, psychology, sociology. I'm trying to think of a very specific term of social engineering. Ah, there you go. I was, that was what I was trying to think of. I don't think you need to be a master of social engineering to trick Homer into anything, really. But Lisa is uh, going to get on the bus and uh, – she has her little her little uh, ISIS exhibit brochure, and she gets on the bus. She bothers Mo enough that he decides to take a taxi to the VD clinic, which <laughs> it's just every episode. It's just a little like Mo is wor- like worse and worse and worse. He was he was in the line for uh, for for sex offenders, I believe. Uh, in was an ep to a couple episodes ago, and now we see he's going to the VD clinic. It's not great for Mo. Yeah, Mel, Mel, or Mel, <laughs> Mo, <laughs> and uh, and and sexual relations don't don't really get along very well. I prefer not to think about it at all. I don't know why the show keeps bringing it up. Uh, well, you don't want to think about Mo's sex life? I mean, come on, he's a little goblin man. No, I don't want to. I think <laughs> Pigmolian was a um. I like your note here, Matt, where it says, Lisa thinks the bus is an adventure. It's not. <laughs> it is not. No, the bus is a a very convenient option. It's very useful, not necessarily pleasant. And Lisa it's good finds... good in certain areas. Yeah, Lisa finds out. I don't know how Springfield's public transit is, uh, but she meets Larry, the bus driver, who you can't talk to, which doesn't seem good not to be able to talk to the bus driver at all. I mean, I understand not, like, blabbing his ear off because he's doing his job, but a question here and there, like, hey, what's the next stop? Or, hey, how do I get here? Or, hey, I'm badly injured. Please call, you know, the emergency services. Maybe. So Lisa uh, is on the bus, tries to find a seat. May I sit there? Of course not, honey. That seat's for my coin purse. May I have that seat? Yes, if... You can answer me these questions three. Question the first. Never mind. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, comic book guy. You really are the the Usenet uh, guy. Yeah, it's perfect. It's really good. Um, So Lisa's on the bus for a while, and it keeps going to places that aren't the museum. Uh, Eventually, Lots of of places that aren't the museum. Lots and lots of places that aren't the museum. And eventually she gets stranded. Crackton. Crackton is the stop. Crackton? That doesn't sound right. Industrial Access Road. 
Airport refueling way. Rural Route 9. Army Proving Ground. Um, excuse me, sir. When does this bus get to the museum? It doesn't. Oh, but isn't this the 22? Yeah, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Tuesday, Thursday is the 22A. 22A? Then where the heck am I? Don't make me tap the sign. But I'm lost and I need to know where... Last stop. End of the line. <sighs> I should have got off in Crackton. <laughs> I don't know. I still feel like Crackton might have been a bit more dangerous in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, I I, I mean, Crackton probably has phones, though. That's true, back in the day, when uh, you actually needed phones in places instead of on your person. <laughs> well, it is 1998, Matt. Yeah. No, no, cell, no real Those cell phones. Those are rough times we had no, back no, then. No real cell phones yet. They had cell phones. They just only lasted on battery for about 45 minutes. And you only had 100 minutes to use in the entire month. It wasn't, ever, it wasn't children had phones on their person at all times. Which, Although when you think about it, who should have phones or at least some kind of locator device? Children. Followed yeah. by the elderly and animals. <laughs> are you advocating giving dogs cell phones, Matt? Yes. Yes, I am. Okay. Dogs should vote. We go to commercial with Lisa stranded. And when we come back, we have Lisa still stranded. She tries to use the birds to find her way home. Uh, and, you know, they should be flying south for the winter or, you know, north for the summer or whichever. And unfortunately, she sees two flying bees just crash together in midair and the birds start attacking because Lisa is the unluckiest person on Earth. <laughs> yeah. This, uh, I, meanwhile, I, 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 this, it's just this feels a little bit i don't know it it feels like a little bit more aimless version of mysterious voyage of homer where lisa is just kind of wandering through kind of chaos to try and find her way home that's true but it's still the best part of the episode <laughs> yeah i agree uh, meanwhile uh, marge and bart are at the doctor's office uh where they're waiting for dr hibbert see bart there's another boy who played with glue <laughs> actually it was a plumbing explosion Ugh. That's the kind of faucet I want for your bathroom. Leave it to Mars to be focused on a home improvement when someone only got injured in a plumbing explosion. I. They, yeah, so, uh, plumbing explosion. How does that happen? Uh, usually it's a backup of pressure. Uh, somewhere along the lines, there's supposed to be a, uh, a bleed off valve and uh, that gets closed. And then usually it builds up enough pressure that uh, fixtures and homes as well. It's very rare these days, but it did happen in the past. I mean, I, when I hear the word explosion, I don't think of like water pressure causing explosion i think of like fire and gunpowder well an explosion is basically anytime a pressure wave is released and that can definitely happen with water and air you don't have to have you know explosives that's not as sexy though i mean it can look cool if you blow up a toilet i don't think I mean, that looks cool matt anyway moving on from toilet <laughs> lisa finds area 51 except it's actually area 51a and she thinks oh great i found area 51 a, that's something, right? And, uh, of course, it being a, I guess, subtype of Area 51, the guard is singularly unhelpful in helping her find out where she is. They even give her a little map that says, you are here, we are not. Which is one of the better gags in the episode. Uh, Lisa then meets Cletus, who is cleaning up roadkill. However, she asks him for a ride. Uh, he says, sure, you can hop in the back of my truck filled with roadkill. Watch out for the skunk. It can still go off after it's dead. <laughs> Lisa very wisely, <laughs> having I, known how bad skunks smell, I mean, declines. I, I don't know how, I think, I don't know. I guess if you're eight years old, you're not going to want to hang out in the back of a truck with a bunch of dead animals. But it is a way back into town. It's a ride. Come on. Cletus ain't above it. He's giving you a ride. You got to take it sometimes. That's that's true, uh, but Lisa, she's she's very sensitive to smells. And there's a newborn baby in the truck. I'm probably going to ask her to babysit. Hey, Lisa's a good babysitter. She is, but newborns are a lot all tougher she, all, than you know. All she did was uh, break her brother's arm and nearly drown a baby it's in mud. Terrible. That was accidental. <laughs> Apparently, they were, were going to put puppies in the back of Cletus's truck, dead puppies, but that was a bridge too far. They're, they yeah, thought it was simple. they thought it was too sad. I do think a dead skunk is worse. I mean, it's grosser, but I don't think I don't think most people don't still have like cute feelings about skunks, even though That's they're true. they're very cute animals when they're not spraying awful smells on you, or have been de-skunked so they can't. 
but that should only happen to pets, which they probably shouldn't have in the first place. I want a pet skunk, Matt. Hey, as long as it's been distinct, I would love a pet skunk. They seem adorable. I know, but it's, I there's I, I there's a lot of wild animals I want as pets, and I go, oh, I shouldn't have that. It's a pet. It's a wild animal. <laughs> but it's also, it will not enjoy itself. Also, dogs used to be wild animals, though, when we tamed them. So what you're saying is we need to get we need a lead on this. We need to, we need to start working harder at this. Yeah, give us a, a years and years and years to refine genetics of these animals so that they become um, pets. Pets. There's a word for it. I can't think of the word. Domesticated. Domesticated. There you go, Matt. That's what you're, the, they're already working on foxes. Let's just add skunks to the list. Are they really domesticating foxes? Uh, there was a group in Russia that was basically selectively breeding for the playful and friendliest foxes. You could have uh, stopped right at the word Russia. I would have been like, I got it. Okay. Under totally experiment animals in Russia. Yeah, and speaking of, that's it's appropriate. The Russia Russians have all the best pets. They get reindeers, they get bears, they get foxes. Well, I mean, come on, Lisa also Lisa also has her experience with Russia. In, that's in, true. In this very that's episode. Uh Going back to Bart and Marge, uh, Dr. Hibbert has finally seen them, and he has a solution to Bart's problem. Young man, there's nothing funny about novelties. <laughs> I mean, they're humorous and all, but uh, this is certainly no laughing matter. <laughs> Can you help him, Doctor? Oh, my, yes. Why, if I had $75 for every novelty I've removed... Oh, by the way, I'll need to check for $75. Yes, I think a, a series of painful injections directly into Bart's spine should get the job done. What happened? You didn't do anything. Oh, didn't I? <laughs> Nothing dissolves glue better than human sweat. I knew Bart would panic and start perspiring at the sight of this button applicator. <laughs> Couldn't you have just turned up the heat a little? Oh, heavens no. It had to be terror sweat. I do imagine terror sweat is slightly more acidic than regular sweat, so he, he might be right. I mean, isn't there proof? Like, isn't the old, like, people, like, they can smell your fear? Like, isn't that actually true? And that you're, if you're sweating from, like, emotional distress, like, it actually has, like, extra stuff in there? I don't know, but I would believe it. Uh, the human body is a weird... Well, if you'll believe it, Matt, it is absolutely true. No need to fact check. All right, good. Moving on. Right, moving on. <laughs> also, I don't know if a button applicator is a real thing, but man, does that thing look terrifying. Also, absolutely a real thing. It looks exactly like that. Uh, very safe, though. All right, you know what? No need to fact to check. check. Moving on. Button applicator. Here we go. It's probably not. No, that is not what a button applicator looks like. <laughs> Quiet, Matt. Although there is a two-prong button applicator, it does not look as terrifying. Matt, shh, quiet. Sorry, don't mean to, to poke uh, holes in my own episode. Anyway, uh, at this point... Poke holes like two. a button applicator? I don't think a button applicator would poke holes, but maybe... Matt, shh, quiet. <laughs> let, me, uh, let me have jokes. Okay, you can have jokes. You have jokes, we'll go back to the plant where Carl and Lenny and Homer are having lunch. Carl is wearing a pyramid-shaped hat that he is very eager to tell everyone about because he went to the ice ex exhibit. I, Matt, I want this hat. It looks like a cool hat, right? It's a pyramid, and it says the ice exhibit on it. It's it's awesome. I want one. I've been playing Assassin's Creed Origins, and you can be on the pyramids and do all the Egyptian stuff. It's pretty good, and I want a, a pyramid hat. Is That'd be cool. Well, then, fair enough. I, I think... My only complaint would be it has very limited plate. Like, where are you going to wear a pyramid hat? Where wouldn't you wear a pyramid hat? I'd wear that to work every day if I could. Touche. Can you imagine how much sun that would off your head? I, well, I mean, that is a very vital part of your wardrobe choices, uh, is how much sun it keeps off your head. So I guess that, I mean, how much is it weigh, though? That's the other question. Is it comfortable? I mean, what's it made of? You know, foam? Or is it made of, like, cardboard or plastic? I mean, some little plastic would be pretty nice. be lightweight. Yeah, I think it'd have to be. We need to 3D print our own pyramid hats, I think, is the answer. That's true. Uh, or we could just uh, get some uh, laser-cut plastic and just you know measure our things out. I know how much you enjoy math. But what are we talking about? Homer, Homer and Carl, no, Homer and Lenny goggle at the pyramid hat. They goggle at it, yes. It's <laughs> a good way of putting that. They're very excited, and Homer goes on to brag that Lisa is at that exhibit right now. 
and then goes on to tell them that Lisa wanted to take a limousine, but Homer forced her to take the bus, at which Lenny and Carl are appropriately horrified. And then Homer goes on to spin a long, rambling story about Lisa is so smart that they hooked her up to a big computer to try and teach it some things, and it overloaded. Homer then uh, doubles down on that story when Carl doubts him and then runs away. Because he has realized that what he did was really, really, really dumb. I mean, Lisa's fine. She's physically fine, but she'll probably be have some sort of trauma from this event. I mean, this is not even the top 25 worst things Homer has done in relation to Lisa. Okay, true, but, you know, it's still the kind of thing the father shouldn't do. I mean, if we're going to start talking about the things father shouldn't do in relation to Homer, it's going to be a very long list, Matt. Fair enough. Fair enough. I anyway. love I, I love the Russian district. The Russian district is fantastic. Lisa has made her way to the Russian district because apparently there's a whole bunch of them in Springfield. It's like Brooklyn, uh, I guess. Uh, they speak heavily accented Russian and act in typical Russian ways where at the end of a – was it chess or checkers? It was chess, right? It was it, <laughs> that, very, that very Russian game, checkers. It could be anything. I mean, chess is not a Russian game. Chess comes from India, so. I think, okay, how many chess players can you, like, famous chess players can you name? Um, do computers count? No, we're not talking about, no, you can't say Deep Blue. (laughs) Dang. I'm saying is, for the, I, most people can probably name two chess chess players off the top of their head. One is Bobby Fischer, the other is Garry Kasparov, who is a Russian man. Okay, so, you know, only 50%. <laughs> I'm just saying, and Kasparov was the only one playing chess for a very long time. Bobby Fischer was famous because he vanished off the face of the earth and then went insane. Kasparov is the person who played Deep Blue, famously. And lost. It's, I mean, it's not fair, Matt. Computers are... Computer, it, it's a logical framework. People, it's a... Like, they just got an AI that can win it. Go. It's only a matter of time before... It's a matter of logic and processing power, and we just can't compete. I mean, that's true about almost everything, but they'll never be able to love because we won't program to do that because that's kind of weird. <laughs> Not yet, at least. Maybe someday. <laughs> anyway, uh, Lisa is in the Russian district. Uh, she attempts to ask for help, and uh, they understand English, but don't speak it back to her. So Lisa runs off scared because if you've ever heard somebody speak Russian or, you know, German to you, it sounds very scary. No matter what they're saying, they can be saying it's a pleasure to meet you. And it sounds like they're threatening to kill you. It's just, you know, some languages are like that. All the Russian people I knew in college were very pleasant. Well, you know, they don't live in Springfield. I'm sure life is rougher in Springfield. If you're a Russian immigrant. Immigrants don't have it great in Springfield in general. So yes, I probably agree with you. Definitely true. Definitely true. Uh, Homer, at this point, has driven to the museum to try and find Lisa. He got a souvenir and a snack and has yet to find her. So he goes outside the museum and begins yelling in an attempt to find her. Obviously, this does not work very well. Uh, he is yelling in the parking lot when he gets he sees Marge. For God's sakes, my little girl is... Hello. Oh, what's going on? Shouldn't you be at work? I am at work. This is what I do. But, Keep it moving, Marge. This isn't a parking lot. I'm sorry. <gasps> Shouldn't you be at work right now? Uh, yes, sir, Mr. Burns, sir. Well, then get back to wherever it is you work, whoever you are. You know, it's, it's very advantageous that Mr. Burns has no idea who Homer is a lot of the time. It's almost like Burns is actually a bad boss. It's like that. It really is. Luckily for Homer, it works out for him in most cases. Most cases. Most cases. After Homer uh, avoids Mr. Burns, uh, he sees uh, a woman on the sidewalk and runs over her for help. Uh, but unfortunately for him, it is Police Chief Wiggum uh, in a stakeout. His purse is then stolen by uh, Snake, and Police Chief Wiggum screams for help. I guess he just he's too, he's in too deep. He he can't break his cover. I don't know. He's I, it is it is just like the departed. You know, he he can't he is <laughs> he is that character. You know, he can't dis- he can't show that he is he's a cop. So otherwise he won't be a target next time. Yeah. Uh, to get a whole new face and everything. Yeah, exactly. Can't do that. Yeah. Uh, at this point Homer is desperate. He goes over to a whole bunch of balloons because he needs to get higher. So he buys a whole bunch of balloons and gives them to a guy so he can use his cherry picker to get tall. I'm I'm impressed that Homer knows how to use a cherry picker. 
Yeah, I mean, depending on the model, they can be kind of tough to operate. There's all kinds of weird switches that don't seem to do what you think they would do. Right away. Homer's a savant. Just He must have got one of those easy-to-operate ones where it's just one stick. It's like up, down, left, right, turn it to rotate. Done. Although apparently Homer has the ability to uh, drive his while he's up there, which is uh, not something that most of those have. I, he didn't know. I don't. He went. He didn't drive. He didn't drive it. It was on blocks. Are you sure? It was on blocks. Oh, okay. And he upset the momentum of it to make it move. It, I, which I don't. I get it's Springfield, so I guess they're the cherry picker and maintenance crews don't use any kind of proper safe. Like one, you'd have a parking brake on that thing at the bare minimum, and. A lot of time, I think cherry pickers have like actual like anchors that they pop down on the cement. So even if the parking brake didn't work, you'd have that to fall back on. Very lax safety regulations. Indeed, indeed, uh, that's that's not the way those are supposed to be used, and for good reason because Homer immediately misuses the cherry picker, knocks it off the blocks, and goes flying down the road uh, where he finally finds Lisa. As we cut to a commercial, when we come back, Lisa has to save Homer. Because <laughs> immediately he helped, he has seen her and spotted her from the cherry picker. But because he is uh, rolling to his doom, Lisa has to do something about it. So Homer <laughs> rolls into the water through off of a pier. Luckily, he's going to be rolling. I, I guess the we can't start questioning the physics models in this uh, episode because we, we will be, really can't. we will be here all day. So the the truck keeps rolling underwater. Sure it does. And there's a drawbridge. Lisa runs up to uh, the guy, uh, the the drawbridge operator, and tells him to close it. And he does because uh, an eight-year-old girl told him to do something. So he does it. Uh, and it, it, it closes. And we see that Homer has been saved because his head is trapped between the two sides of the drawbridge. That's not painful at all. I don't – like I said, Matt, you can't start – Examining, like, yes, we, yes, Homer's, Homer's head would, he, Homer says this syndrome. He had a, he has a helmet on at all times. It saved him. Even a football helmet, I, I think would be stressed if you're closing a drawbridge on it. It has a variable pressure you can place on the, on the drawbridge. So it only, it closed uh -huh. just enough to keep Homer's head there and have him suspended, but not enough to kill him, which almost certainly would happen in real life. You said to crush him, right? Exactly. So he backed off of the pressure just at the right time. And then Homer got his head also run over a couple times while he was being Well, yeah. He's totally fine. He's just going to walk it off. Are you sure you don't want to go to a doctor? I mean, a drawbridge did close on your head. No, I'll just walk it off. I, I, it's a very short clip. I had to, I had to get it. Because at least in it, at least they make a joke about it. At least they go, yeah, we know it's dumb. But we'll, <laughs> and I was like, yeah, it's fine. I'm okay. They acknowledge it. Yeah, they acknowledge it. So Homer has found Lisa. Everything's good again. Um, Lisa kind of laments about her decisions that she made basically that day. And Homer was a little uh, upset about what she says. I should have known I wasn't old enough to take the bus alone, but I really wanted to see that exhibit. I'll never take another stupid risk like that again. Don't ever say that. What? If I hadn't have taken a stupid risk with that cherry picker, I never would have found you. I guess. Stupid risks are what make life worth living. Now your mother, she's the steady type, and that's fine in small doses. But me, I'm a risk taker. That's why I have so many adventures. <gasps> Dad, you're headed for the river again. Dad! <laughs> Feel your heart pumping a mile a minute? That's what my heart's doing all the time. Bet your left arm's tingling too, huh? Dad, are you all right? I'm enjoying my life too much to care. And you should be too. So what would you like to do right now more than anything in the world? See the ISIS exhibit. But the museum's closed. Hmm, closed, eh? So getting in would be a pretty big risk. What do you say, honey? Feeling stupid? I know I am. When is Homer not feeling stupid? I, I, I don't know. I really like this, like monologue slash diatribe that Homer goes on about risks because it basically explains everything that's ever happened in the show. It does. Homer's big on risk. It's, it's why his life's an adventure and why the Simpsons is entertaining. Why the show exists. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So they decide to go to, to, to go break into a museum. At the same time, we see Marge forced Bart to apologize 
Uh, but because he he thinks Lisa's in, at home, she is not. So he gets mad at a door. I don't. It, uh, I don't know why this is. I, I don't know the the Bart stuff isn't really need. Like I guess it it is just there to f- propel the action forward to make Lisa have to go take a bus. But and I guess that's why they have him wrap it up. But it didn't really need to. I I don't know. It was. It's yeah, a little, we would have just ignored it. Yeah, it's a little strange little inclusion. It takes us away from uh, the museum plot, but whatever. Uh, Homer and Lisa go to the museum. It's nighttime by now, and frankly, they break in in a very impressive way. Well, they they go in one of the upper windows, apparently, which is unlocked. But it probably shouldn't even be able to be opened. But they also, but they do it by climbing onto like a like a like art piece that like dangling in the air. I don't know. It seems like a, a fairly impressive feat, especially for Lisa, who's, I mean, both of them, frankly, because Homer's very unfit, as we just, I mean, maybe he still has some of that residual muscle from climbing the murder horn. Of course. But Lisa's eight-year-old girl, she's hanging, just swinging around on her arms. That's hard to do. It's extremely hard to do. I mean, she doesn't weigh that much. Maybe that's it. Kids have incredible muscle density. It's it's odd. Like they're not they're not overall strong, but they are incredibly able to you know take care of their own bodies when it comes to lifting and moving them. So they break in and they see the orb of Isis and uh, they promptly break it. Now I know how Sir Dudley Winthrop felt when he first fell through the ceiling and discovered the Temple of Isis. Have you ever seen such exquisite ushabtis? Yeah, not this exquisite. Oh my gosh, it's the mysterious orb of Isis. Archaeologists have been studying it for decades and still have no clue what it means. Well, Daddy will figure it out. Oh, we can't touch it, Dad. It's behind a velvet robe. A velvet robe. Lisa, you can't go this far and then not go further. You broke it! It's a music box. Dad, we uncovered the secret! Oh, so now it's we, eh? It's so beautiful. And just think, we're the first people to hear its song in more than 4,000 years. So, Lisa's wrist pays off. Indeed, it does. Uh, in stunning and odd ways, uh, I'm sure no one has bothered to X-ray that that device and figure out, that, hey, you know, it's Matt, filled with stuff. Matt, remember what I said when Homer's head got closed in a drawbridge? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I know. And I said, and it was, and he didn't die immediately. Uh, and how, in this case, this artifact that has been under close scrutiny for uh, probably over a hundred years might they probably would have looked inside of it at some point but uh, we can't uh, don't want to you don't want to look at it too closely i suppose uh it, it's a i don't know it, this is a very i i think this episode in total is largely fun and i think the sentiment behind it is nice i think it just has a few missteps here and there that kind of subtract from that at the end of the day it's true. It, it, overall, this is a really okay. I don't say really good. It is a good episode. It has a good concept behind it. But there are a few parts, uh, mainly uh, the the Homer being chased by Lisa thing that I'm, I'm not a huge fan of. Uh, and just, uh, but their breaking at the end is very sweet. I really enjoy Lisa manipulating Homer into letting her go and her adventures while she's on the road. There's just something about it that just doesn't click the way a Lisa and Homer episode should. I, I think it is. It feels a little. I, I slapdash. Uh, it it feels like it it takes them quite a while for Lisa to be like Lisa's like the the name of the episode is Lost Our Lisa, and a lot of the pursuit of it is Lisa's like. There's a lot of stuff where Lisa's lost and she's trying to find her way back, and that's a lot of like, hey, she meets Cletus and she goes to uh, Little Russia and she is in Area Fifty One A, and like all those gags and and like while funny and like like very charming there's not they don't really do anything to if, like the whole premise of the episode in the third act is 
Homer impressing on Lisa, like sometimes it's you have to take risks, and sometimes you know I, I don't know. I feel like some uh, it's a little bit that Homer is not necessarily uh like it makes sense because of course Homer is the one in the per- in the family that takes risks all the time, and they're basically the premise of half the episodes of The Simpsons, but. He also is extraordinarily dangerous, and I don't. Him telling Lisa that is a little bit weird compared to a more sweeter, like a other, like you think of like Lisa's pony, and that is another kind of sweet Lisa and Homer episode, and that eventually is Lisa understanding that there are limits to her father's, and that he loves her, and he can't always demonstrate it like she could, she would want him to, and this is like. Sometimes you need to take risks, and sometimes, it, like, you can't be safe all the time. And, like, I think that's a really interesting thing for Lisa to have to deal with. It's just they go about it in, like, a weird kind of way. Because it's like, yeah, they break in the museum, and they see this stuff. And then Homer ends up breaking this Egyptian artifact, but then actually revealing that it's a music box. And I think it doesn't quite line up. With the the message and how they show it, it feels like there's. I think that's my my kind of com- main, mainly my really only complaint. I think the 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 drawbridge scene is a little bit much. Yeah, uh, it's a bit much. A little bit much, but it's nothing terrible. Uh, it's I. It's not Kirk Van Houten getting his arm chopped off, uh, and and him being Thank totally goodness. totally being fine, <laughs> like five, two minutes later. But it's it's really like. It's still pretty egregious use of of kind of, but again, it's also no worse than Homer falling off a gorge or whatever. Like he's had a lot of physical damage done to him, so I can overlook that. It's mo- my more bigger problem with it is kind of I think the message it's going for is a little bit different than than like I feel like Lisa isn't really like you talk about. Oh, Lisa is probably going to be traumatized, but she really doesn't encounter anything that bad. You know, it's just a, like a redneck with some roadkill and some Russian people. Like that's not on the scale of bad things. It's not that bad. Uh, and I guess they couldn't really do anything worse than that. But I think they could have tied the stuff she encounters in her adventure back in somewhere. May I don't know. That's just me spitballing. I think it's still good, like you said. I, it's funny, and that cures a lot of problems with many episode if you laugh a lot. It's true. Uh... I really want to like this episode. I, I really, really do, uh, because I love Homer Lisa episodes, especially ones where the core is this good. But like you said, there's just enough little things here and there to make me think. Mm, meh. I think it is. I think it is exactly what I think of when I think of a season nine episode. Yes, that it is. It is perfect. I think it is fine. It is good, but it's not great. And there's little things here and there that kind of pull you away and it's not easy always easy to articulate and i think that's the other thing like i think as the years go on it is much easier to to like define why we don't like a particular episode and why they aren't they don't work but it's these like season nine season 10 episodes where you start going i don't like there's something missing and it's hard to, to tell you exactly what it is but it just feels a little bit off a little bit there's something a little bit askew I still think it's good, though. I still think it's funny, and it's not a bad episode. It is just missing a thing. Missing something. We'll rank it. It's missing enough. (laughs) Yeah, we'll rank it at the end of the show. Uh, No submissions for this for my favorite episode. However, if you do have a favorite episode, please send it in to SimpsonsShowPod at gmail.com, explaining why a certain episode is your favorite. It is time for our next segment. It's time for comments from the news group. Okay, here we are. Alt.nerd.obsessive. Comstock News Group is where I comb through the old alt.tv.simpsons news group, see what people are talking about the week or two after an episode debuted. Um, it's the reviews, the thoughts, kind of similar to last week, where it's just like mostly good, um, some average, you know, B, A's, B's, C's, and then no really like egregious bad, no D's or F's or anything, but a lot of people are like, I like this part, but not that part. I think similar to our thoughts, honestly. You know, I think it is A, it's. Not bad. It's just all right. Yeah, it's it's one of those things, those times when a Simpsons episode is, is attempting its best to be non-offensive. It's not trying to go somewhere and make you feel anything particularly strongly. And that seems to do 
the best with a large amount of people, which maybe that's what they're going for these days. Uh, this Maybe this episode was a prototype, essentially, for that kind of episode. I mean, I as long as they root... Like, I can't... Oftentimes, it's hard for me to complain about any episode, even if it's, I don't, it's not great. As long as they root it in emotion, like, kindness and affection between the family members. Like, even if it's not funny or... It, like the plot is aimless or chaotic or whatever, whatever reason if they, it, in the end of the day, Homer is, is like trying to find his lost daughter and is nice to her and takes her breaks into a museum for her at the end of the day. Like I can't complain too much. You know, I, I, it's more of the, when we get to like bitterness and anger and, and kind of meanness between the family members. And that's like reoccurring is when I start getting a little bit upset. I'm curious to see how the news group responds to all that. I think they will also be upset. Um, there's also some people in this group who, uh, who either are Russian or at least read and speak Russian. Uh, and they uh, were generally very complimentary about the little Russia part of. Wow. Because there is like they are actually speaking Russian. Uh, all the signs that are in uh, in Russian are actually Russian. They say actual words. They're not anything. There's no jokes in there. It's always like here, like it's like for the, there's a butcher shop and it just says meat in Russian or something like that. But it, it is still Russian though. It is all genuine. So they did their homework, at least in that regard. That's about it for the news group for this week. We can move on to our next segment. It's time for the listener question of the week. Let's try one more number. <gasps> Yellow. KBBL is going to give me something stupid. Well, hot dog, we have a wiener. Yellow. Our listener question of the week this week is, what is Homer's greatest athletic achievement? Which, I don't know if you would have recognized this, Matt, or even thought that this would happen. Some of our listeners made some jokes with this. What? Well, I... I, Our listeners are jokesters? Yeah, I know. They they like... Yeah, maybe. It's pretty good, actually. Uh, First from Tom. Gotta go with his practice course for Whacking Day. Homer was flipping all over the place and were practicing ninjutsu. That takes real athleticism. Looked like he was like he was like a Yoda, with his flipping around and stuff. You remember that? I, I do, I do. Uh, it seems physically impossible for Homer to do such things. You think that, but it's not. It happened. I saw it. <laughs> uh, for Robbie, I gotta go with him taking about three steps uh, full stride before collapsing in exhaustion. What an athlete! Uh, first, uh, next from AJ. If we're talking accomplishment in sport, easily the top, uh, the murder horn or the perfect bowling game. However, I submit to you that if we're including all physical achievements, then the biggest one at home for Homer is his 12-day hunger strike of season 12's Hungry Hungry Homer. Considering Homer's normal diet, lack of willpower around food, and how much actual food was surrounding it for nearly two weeks, this is not only a challenge of physical endurance but mental fortitude. I agree. It's pretty impressive. Uh, from Cody, him tumbling to there once was a man from Nantucket until he falls and makes a fool of himself. That was Abe's halt, really. Honestly, I don't, yeah. I don't blame Homer for that. Uh, yeah. Uh, Abby, when he pretended bowling was baseball and hit a homer. And by the way, rhyming Homer with Homer, moi. Alistair, fourth high, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like that a lot. Uh, Dom, I was really impressed by his come from behind win against Boxcar Bob and the Homer they fall. <laughs> Uh, from Pat, jumping over the moon for a slam dunk. You go, Homer. Remember when he did that, Matt? I do. Yeah, I he, do. He jumped over the entire moon. <laughs> the entire moon. Yep. Uh, from JD, uh-huh. of course, getting the winning run in the softball game. Uh, Kevin, climbing the murder horn seems like a pretty strong accomplishment. Uh, from Will, sword fighting with a motorcycle. They do do that. They, does, they, that they, does happen. They, oh, God, they do. That, do, that does happen. We're going to get there. Uh, from Greg, Gregory at Jamie Freeman, favorite uh, Homer athletic feat, kicking a turtle over the horizon. <laughs> it's very far. The horizon, it's like it's eight, a dream. doesn't count. All those things happen, Matt. Sure they did. Uh-huh. There was the, I mean, just because I mean, it was dream versions, but he did kick something over the horizon. I don't know if it was a real turtle, but it was something. And the horizon's eight miles away or something like that. So... He kicks something eight miles. That's superhuman. It really is. Uh, from Will at Will's World M&M. Chasing after the pig and Lisa the vegetarian. It's still good. Uh, Tom at Egg Kitten. Terminator Homer chasing Ned. He catches up with a car, Matt. Well, it was a Geo with four people in it. <laughs> Come on. That's probably true. It's like a golf cart, basically. Uh, Jason at Real J. Williams. Jumping Springfield Gorge. The third most beautiful gorge in the state. Uh, from Nav at Rupdog 21. Blocking a field goal during a professional football game. Albeit unintentionally and with his bare buttocks. <laughs> it's true, but it did. Ha- he still did it. It's true. I forgot about that one. 
uh, Zach, Zach Walski. Don't know if getting your head crushed by a drawbridge and surviving is necessarily athletic, but it's certainly an impressive achievement. Touche. Uh, Tim at Hoju84, outlasting all those hobo boxers. Uh, Ryan at, at Famer97, did someone say a perfect game? Uh, Eagles at midnight on the third day, uh, running so fast to the kitchen in his moo-moo in King Size Homer after Lisa tells him Marge <laughs> has just made a cake. There's no cake. <laughs> Izzy at Izzy Steak Fries doing that push-up, even though a push-up consists of an up and down motion, and Mr. Burns eventually just paid for the liposuction. It's true. Uh, push-ups are hard. Yeah. You gotta do both up and the down. You have to do both parts. Come on, man. Uh, finally from Lauren at El Columbia 88, Homer fighting the octopus in the aquarium. That's a pretty big feat to take on an octopus by yourself. And even to get that far, he's got to be able to hold his breath for a long time. That's true. All good points. What's your answer, Matt? My answer is his fight with Tom in, uh, 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 what is that episode? Uh, oh God, I can't remember the name. Look it up. Brother. Hold on. I'll find this. Brother. It's not brother from the series. It's 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 brother from the same planet. That's mm-hmm. what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they go several rounds and get brutally hurt uh, several times. Uh, you know, even using animals as as weapons, and you know that's that's pretty uh, pretty tough. You know, it, that's very athletic for Homer until he gets bent backward over a uh, fire hydrant. I think my answer is I which I don't know if I, I don't think anyone took it. I was going to outer space and surviving. <laughs> That's true. Being an astronaut is extremely difficult. And surviving a zero, like a vacuumed zero G environment upon reentry, and then getting sucked out and facing burning, like that's pretty, and and, and a crap, like that's all very impressive. Like the rest of those men are like trained astronauts. He was just some schlub. Indeed, he made it. He's a hero to schlubs everywhere. He is. He is. Uh, next week's question: What is your favorite Homer slash Lisa moment? We might have asked this at some time. I don't remember if we did, but I don't think I can't remember if we did. So eh. uh, I'll post this question. All our social media, facebook.com slash the Simpsons show pod, Twitter at Simpsons show pod. You can email us at Simpsons show pod at gmail.com. Uh, follow us and like us. All those nice things. Next up, Matthew, you know, you know what time it is. I do. It's time for the no Google trivia challenge. I am too smart. I am too smart. S-M-R-T. I mean S-M-A-R-R-T. The No Google Trivia Challenge is where Matt and I each challenge each other with three trivia questions. One easy, one medium, one hard. Try and stump the other. We have a wager for this season. Whoever loses must record themselves performing a Trails of Horror segment that they themselves have written. Um, It's not looking good, Matt, for me. Well, I feel like my questions this week are pretty easy, so... I believe you said that same thing last week. And all it did was mean that I tied you, which is not going to help me. I am, if I don't get, see, I'm eight points behind you now. So if I don't get at least two points up on you this week, I am already mathematically eliminated. And frankly, I'm going to need like a six to O shutout to have a chance next week. Well, we'll see. It's not, it doesn't matter. I could, I could, I'm not, I, I, I could just ask you a bunch of hard questions, but I abide by the rules. So I'm a good person. Thank goodness. Yes. Give me a easy question, Matthew. All right, sir. Your easy question. What is the name of the car that Homer designed for his brother, Herb? It's called the Homer. Indeed it is. Yay. Got a point. <laughs> These are my questions are all from when Flanders failed, Matt. Okay. Homer wishes for Flanders failure. Doing what? Uh, opening the Leftorium, his stupid left-handed store. Okay. Well, let me – okay. M- maybe I phrased the question poorly. How does Homer wish for Flanders' failure? How? Like you mean when they uh, do the uh, the wishbone? Yes, that is what I'm. Oh, uh, okay. When when he breaks a wishbone, yes. Gotcha. That is what I was I was trying what, to figure what is out the method of his wish. Yeah, I don't know how to. That's it's a hard question to phrase. What's my medium question? All right, so your medium question: What is the rhyme Bart and Lisa sing while Homer is skipping rope in Brush with Greatness? Hmm. Trying to think. I can picture the scene because Marge is watching them. She's painting and she sees all the geometric shapes that Homer's made out of as he Indeed. jumps up and down. Bart and Lisa. So I'm thinking of, of I keep getting the uh, Bart sells a soul nursery rhyme in the dream sequence, which is not nearly correct. Um, oh, man, I am blanking. Um, I don't know. I can't think of it, Matt. I have no idea. 
Okay, okay. Uh, the full rhyme is, Lincoln, Lincoln, I've been thinking, what the hell have you been drinking? Nothing. Not, there's none of that. None of that's in my head. Oh, wow. Okay. I don't, again, I could, like, I picture, I can see it, I could not hear it. Um, when uh, Homer calls people to inform them about the Leptorium, who does he call? Um, hmm, okay. This is like a multiple answer mm-hmm. one, there's, right? There's, yes, there's more than one person. Hence the word okay. people. People. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, he calls uh, Burns. Uh, he calls uh, Mo. He calls. I believe he calls the uh, collections guy who comes to take Flanders' stuff back because he needs a left-handed ledger. Hmm. That is all I can remember. He calls Mo. Okay. He calls Burns. Okay. He calls Barney. And he calls, oh, the kiss man left-handed thing, gotcha. And he calls, not a collections guy. He doesn't call the collections guy. He calls an unknown, unnamed guy who, when hears that it's Ned Flanders in trouble. Jumps on the phone. Jumps. Gotcha. I wasn't sure if you were counting that because he didn't actually recommend anything to them. But yes, he does call him. But he does call Barney as well. What's my hard question, Matthew? All right, your hard question. In Much Apu About Nothing, what were the name of Apu's fake American parents and where was he from? I believe you've asked me this before, and the fact that I still don't know upsets me. <laughs> I believe he's from Green Bay, and his parents are something and something, Nahasapima Petalon. Um, because he's wearing the, where he's from somewhere in Wisconsin. I'm going to say Green Bay. Uh, Ted and Mary Nahasapima Petalon? I don't remember their names. All right. It is Herb and Judy Nahasapima Petalon. Herb and Judy. But you got Green Bay right. Maybe so the, I think it's worth at least a point. Oh, it doesn't matter, man. Uh, I'm not going to take your pity point. Uh, oh, fine. Whatever then. I'm already. It, I can't win. And what is it? It would. All it will do is guarantee that I am one one point away from contention, which is not helpful. Oh, okay. I'd I'd, I'd rather be honest if I'm not going to have a chance. If all you're right. gonna if you're gonna give me like three free points, all right, I'll take them because it puts me in like even the realm of possibility. But and frankly, you haven't even got your hard question. Yet. Your hard question. Homer buys a hat and shirt from Ned at his yard sale. What do they say? Hat and shirt. He is wearing them as he is using Ned's grill. Oh, I, I got nothing. I'm drawing a complete blank here. Uh, I want to say it says like grill master, the shirt, I think. But I know there's a Flanders pun involved, but I don't know what it is. I give up. His hat says world's greatest dad. And his shirt says, Ned loves Maud. Oh, man, I was way off. Okay. Wouldn't be a hard question if it wasn't difficult, Matt. Uh, so we're both worth a point this week, but that unfortunately puts me eight points still behind on the season. Aww. Another, now I'm, I'm, I need to get out the singing video because I'm not, then I'll, if I don't, I'm going to be in debt for two seasons of trivia punishment instead of just one. Also, I went to dinner with people last night, uh, speaking of trivia punishments, and someone randomly brought up the cheese-eating scene, 64 Slices of American Cheese, from The Simpsons, and they did not know me. And I had to then educate them about how horrible it is to try and do that. <laughs> so it would have been much easier if it had been a good cheese, right, Robbie? I think it would have been easier if it was, if it was cheese, not cheese product. That is made out of plastic, basically. Exactly. Yeah. It would have been at least more pleasant. I don't think it would have been good because I still would have been feeling myself to the point of unpleasantness with cheese. But still, at least it would have been like just pouring chemicals down my throat. I'm really good at that. I have some bonus questions for you, Matt. Alrighty. These are from Mr. Plow. These are from John. Once again. Uh, who is Krusty's toughest audience? Uh, Mr. Plow, toughest audience. I do not know. Three Siberian tigers. Oh, yes, of course. Of course. What is the name of the pig who can't be trusted with watermelons? Zeke. Correct. What is the name of the car dealership Homer visits? Uh, Crazy Vaklov's House of Automobiles. Very close. Crazy Vaklov's Place of Automobiles. Put it in Place. H. Put it in H, Matt. What yes. channel does the Mr. Plow ad air on? Um, 972. Just 92. You, 92. You okay. added, added an extra digit in there. Who's watching TV at 3.17 a.m.? 
the unemployable, angry loners. That's all I can remember. Alcoholics. Uh, and, of course. And The Simpsons. <laughs> well, that's true. And The Simpsons. That one time. Yeah. What is the slogan on the free T-shirt offered in the TV ad? Oh, um, oh man, it's political. Uh, I don't remember. Stockdale for Veep. Stockdale for Veep. Wow. What, what is the number for the Plow King? The, oh, KL56792. KL54796. 4796. All right. Where does Homer send the Plow King over the phone? Uh, the top of Mount Springfield. Forbidding Widow's Peak. Oh, the uh, yeah, sorry. Sorry. To where did Barney donate $50,000? The Shelbyville Dance Studio. Dance theater, but you're very close. Theater, sorry. sorry. Very very close. I don't I need to hire John to be my trivia writer. <laughs> That's true. He seems to get all the ones I would never think of. I just I I think I just talk to you too much. Puts me in a wrong headspace to do it at a certain point. I mean, to be fair, you only got one point this week, so you're still not. It's not like you're doing great. You're just better than me, which you know, ain't hard to do at times. That's a, yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Uh, that'll be it. Until next week, we can move on to our final segment. The segment we end every single episode with is time for best episode ever. Best episode ever. Best episode ever is the part of the show where Matt and I rank the episodes categorically, so we watch them chronologically, eventually compiling a list of every episode ever and how good they are. So, Matthew, where does this go? Hmm, it's a tough one. Um, I, I think our best bet is to look at Homer and Lisa episodes. Uh, probably not near the top, I would think. Let's see. Well, how about, okay, Lisa's Pony is number 128. I think Lisa's Pony is better than this. Okay, all right. How about? I'm actually looking at Homer versus Lisa in the Eighth Commandment. I think it's about that level. I really like that episode, but I can definitely acknowledge that it has, you know, some early Simpsons flaws. I think this is better than that. Okay. I think it's, mm, I'd probably put it, I think it's, how about, is it better than Bart the Lover? Bart the Lover. I don't think so. I, I really think Bart the Lover is a great Bart episode. It involves the whole family and it really lets you get to know a side character. And this episode does none of those things. That's true. But it just, I don't know. I, I, I feel like we should give this episode a little bit more due. I feel like it has like largely is very funny and is sweet. Like, I, I do appreciate this sentiment at the end. I think it just comes a little late. I think it doesn't right. understand especially what it's saying uh, for a large part of it. I, I, I think it – I don't know. I think it is – I think it's better – I don't think it's better than Bart the Lover. I would probably put it right below Bart the Lover. I would put it, probably put it above the day the violence died and right below Bart I can the definitely Lover. agree with that. Yeah. This, this episode has a lot of good qualities. It's just, it's just missing that little – you know, clincher to uh, make it great. Yeah, propel it to the next tier, I would say. I feel like we have, like, there's multiple mm-hmm. tiers on our list, and if it had a little bit more, it'd be in the t- next tier, which is probably, like, the top 100 or so. And then, you know, you get to, like, the middle portion, which are really good, and then you get to the very top portion, which I would call solidly great episodes, which are probably, like, at this point, the top 25 or 30 episodes are probably the, I'm heck, heck, maybe even the top 50 are all great. It's hard to say. Simpsons, the Simpsons skew ratings because even a good episode like this still has solidly, uh, solidly entertaining and charming and funny and all the things we love. So that puts this episode, Lost Our Lisa, at number 139. Right below Barth Lover, right above The Day the Violence Died. First on our list is still Homer's Enemy. Last on our list is Homer's Odyssey. Pulling up the rear at 190. Won't stay there forever. I say it, I've said it before. I will say it again. We're going to use it. Will, someone, an episode will usurp that position. I may even say that as early as next season, that Whoa, position will season be. season 10 episode? I, I was looking at the list earlier, Matt, of season 10 episodes. Yeah. And... Are you telling me when you dish upon a star or mared to the mob might be worse? Even Sunday, cruddy Sunday, the wonderful football episode. Well, I'm not. I I don't know. I was looking at that list, and there's a, multiple ones on the list where I went, mm. "Ooh, yeah, that's in season ten. I forgot. Maybe, maybe not. Uh, I I'm just that's just my maybe. You know, I've changed my mind before after I watch an episode. I go, oh, it's better than I remember it. But I'm just, but it's not gonna. 
I promise within the next two or three seasons, there'll probably be multiple episodes below Homer's Odyssey. More than likely, unfortunately. Well, unfortunately. Uh, We'll tackle it when we get there. Next week is Natural Born Kissers, which... Last episode of season nine. Last episode of season nine. I will say right now, it is not worse than Homer's Odyssey. I think I think I can I, I can just my vague recollection of Natural Born Kissers not worse than Homer's Enemy. But we'll talk about it next week. Uh, I think that'll do it for us. Before we go, you can find me online at Robbie Dorman on Twitter. Uh, please check out my other podcast, Handsome Boys Comics Hour. It's about comic books. And the Serial Fanaticist. That's spelled F A N. F A N A T I C I S T. I I myself have to maybe I miss probably should have chosen a name that's easier to spell. But uh-huh. Matt and I our most recent my most recent episode is me and Matt talking about some Harry Potter uh, book five. We talk about that for about an hour. You, I encourage you guys to check it out. See if if you want to hear us talk about some 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 young British wizards. Sure, they're they're fun people. Them British wizards. Mm-hmm. Uh. Matt does not participate in social media. Unless a certain level of Patreon backer, you will not find him. Oh, that's true. Uh, I have decided to uh, live out the winter in the Arctic uh, because, you know, I I just can't get cold enough. Uh, this, this Florida weather, I mean, it's getting down to you know, bone-chilling temperatures of, you know, 65 degrees at night. And that's just, uh, it's not cold enough to me. So I, I'm moving to the Arctic. If you guys want, feel free to send drones. I hear there's almost no ice left up there. So just, you know, hop on a boat and swing by. It's going to snow tonight, Matt. Ah, <sighs> to hell with you. Just, just to hell with you. Low of eleven Fahrenheit. Mm-hmm. I, I walked a couple city blocks in just a long sleeved uh, button up shirt last night. It was not, not a good decision on my part. <laughs> I thought I'd I be, almost I, had to wear a jacket today. What? Almost, almost a jacket. You say? I'll do it for us. I'm Robbie, and I'm Matt. And keep watching this episode. Shh.